0: And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, Ed McGrogan here, Tennis.com podcast, speaking with Steve Tigner after the Madrid Open has just concluded. A very interesting event for a lot of reasons. At the beginning of the week, it was um, mostly about the clay, the blue clay. By this weekend, um, the matches, I think, took more precedence, especially because of the champions that came out of that Roger Federer, Serena Williams, um, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, Steve. Um, start off, I guess, with the with the women here, um, and Serena Williams on clay. Now, um, I went to Charleston, saw her absolutely, um, really, just dominate the field in the in the later rounds. Um, what I saw against Azarenka was very much, much of the same, and this is against the world number one. Um, doing so, I think the shot that I that I recognize most of all is just the service return. Um, it's just a brutal, and no one's really kind of has the serve really to handle it. So that's what I um, seem to always remember out of out of Serena's last few matches. But she looks just, um, you know, in really unbeatable form on clay at the moment.
1: Yeah, her last six sets, you can't get much more impressive than that. She beat Wozniacki, who's been number one um, for two years, and she beat Sharapova, the number two player in the world, easily. Then she beat as a number one player in the world, maybe even more easily, um, just because she made it look so routine. I, I was more impressed with this performance than in Charleston, not just because of the players she played, but it didn't seem like a um, a one-off. You know, the Charleston just seemed like she was she was just um, hot that week, and and. And really good Many, on the weekend. Yeah, this one seemed. This one seemed more like, all right. Now she can repeat this type of performance. A repeatable performance. Really good, but also very controlled. Not a lot of errors. Um, she was calm. Almost, only for one set against Wozniacki did she seem, you know, um, unhappy or or um, frustrated at all
0: yeah and this time you know this event, all the players were there they they certainly weren't in charleston um and you know what I think about more about Serena with this um you know her serve is obviously I think just as strong as their return, of course, but it's really a thing where playing her players just can't take any really any games off there's always that threat for kind of. Really, a love game at the conventional way by the serve, but also by this return. I think there was a few instances of against Azarenka of just um, you know really quick games that, and Azarenka because of that, really never got anything going. It was right from the start where she was broken, um, and just kind of never could catch up from that point.
1: Yeah, Serena broke her with a backhand winner in the first game, and then third game, Azarenka looked like she would already crumbled. She double faulted three times, bad double faults so Serena was already in her head the one i guess note of caution is that this court is a little different from Roland Garros roman roland garros it's a little faster maybe it's you know you'd have to say it's a little more uh, a little more of a court that Serena would like than than the french open not that that means she isn't the favorite for the french open but that's just one one thing to you know one note of slight note of caution as far as as far as her immediate future
0: yeah i don't have any disagreements with um calling Serena the French Fair at this point and I think for Azarenka I think people will be discussing and I know you mentioned her in the, in the Madrid review piece we just put up on the site um, kind of where this really leaves her and, and the thing to me is even though she just lost to Sharapova and to Serena um, she's still making big clay finals clay is Far and away, I think her least preferred surface, um, and I, I think for her as as the number one. Um, you know, it's almost a thing where she's getting to. The, she's not suffering um, maybe these lapses that we've seen from prior number ones, early round, really strange, head head scratching exits. She's still getting the job done against pretty much all, but you know, the most formidable competition on the surface that um, doesn't benefit her game as much. And I think going into Roland Garros, it's not really a question of. Azarenka needing to assert herself with you know, a, a title, for example. I think those are very unrealistic expectations. But I think Azarenka, all told, through this early portion of the Euro-Clay season, has done very well for herself, actually.
1: Well, we can say she, can, she knows how to beat um, Redwanska. she's yeah. has, has that down. That's so for she's sure. In, she's in her draw, and she's, she's in good shape. But I guess the good thing about Azarenka is the two players who have beaten her, especially Serena, were players that – Really just took the racket out of her hand, Azarenka likes to work the point a little she's not a she doesn't belt the ball like kavita or serena she 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 needs to be patient needs to get her her shots and then find her a shot to go after she just you know the serena matchup is not isn't a good one she's lost her last two matches before this to serena in straight sets as well uh just because she doesn't let Azarenka do what she does best to sort of work the point and and work into it slowly so um but otherwise you're right you know. She doesn't face Serena. She's She looks good. She doesn't look like she's had any breakdown under the pressure of being number one. It's just she got, she's got she been beaten by two players who played better than
0: her. Yeah, that's a tough matchup, of course, there with Serena. So oh, let's segue right into the other runner-up, actually, in the men's final, Thomas Burdich, um, who, again, you touched on there in your piece. I'm glad you did because I, I thought – I thought Thomas actually uh, sort of stole the show at the end with his um, with his post-match remarks. I thought uh, – and this is this is when you have Roger Federer up there who usually is uh, – who always has a good speech. You had Will Smith up there and delivering some pretty good Spanish from what I could surmise. Uh, but Burdich, um, I thought he really – I guess what I got of, out of the match and I think your piece a little too was that – he's very invested in this and for good reason i thought he played you know he played well he played well of course early on against federer losing 3 and really just didn't capitulate in the third set especially i thought we we may be seeing kind of a reprise of what happened with nadal and verdasco for a, a couple of seconds there um Berdic fought off three match points all on his serve um, and you know just put forth i think as good an effort as you could get from a runner-up um, against Roger Federer in a final of this magnitude. Yeah, I
1: mean, he played better, first of all. He hit his backhand really well. Um, he played, you know, with Federer the whole way. uh wasn't, wasn't outplayed by him in any way. Um, and then, you know, the important thing is he's down 2-5 in the second, 3-5 in the third. You don't think he's coming back from either of those. Nobody does. And he does, and yet he still loses, which in a way it must be even tougher for him at the moment to, To get that close, and he he felt like he had the confidence to win the match, and then all of a sudden at the end, he just didn't anymore. Double faulted the last two points of the second set. Um, But I think overall this has to be a positive for him because because of the way he fought and didn't just didn't just cave in the last two sets, and the fact that he is he really is just you know a few points away from these top guys right now. And I think he's playing. I think I would have to say he's playing the best tennis tennis of his career. It always. Seemed to me that he was close, but yet far away because he didn't have the mentality for it to, you know, to, to have a big breakthrough. Now he just seems like he's really he's close um, to doing it. It's you know who knows whether he can. He showed, you know, yesterday that he still can't, but um, but I think he has to feel like had, proud in the way that he that he um, that he did come back two straight times against Federer.
0: Yeah, just competed so well in this, and I, you you wonder, I think, going away from this and, and going into the, the the next series of bigger events, if maybe Burdich is the guy um, who can crack the top top three slash top four code, really, you know, in these tournaments. So I think that's that's one thing we see from him there. And for Federer, um, you know, what what do you think is really the dynamic now at the at the top? This was obviously a week to forget for N- Nadal, Djokovic, but throughout this year, we've really seen Federer in stages, kind of just remind us that um, that this really is, I guess, it's just not last year anymore, and and it's it's sort of a a really a closer three man show at the top than. Than we might than we might have thought previously, and um, you know, Federer wins Indian Wells and takes another event here, um, and just looks great in the process. And this is you know, a guy's going to turn 31 in just a couple months.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is maybe it's a worse week for Nadal and Djokovic because you might think this this will unsettle them a little bit. Um, so much negativity around them. Not that I thought you know, I didn't think they were unjustified in what they said, but Federer comes across comes out obviously much better for it. He's number two in the world now. If he, can, if he plays Rome and can hold on to that, he'll be the second seed at the French Open, which is a big deal. He would only have to play one of those two guys. Um, no, that's not true. He would, he would only... He, he, it would make it easy for, easier for him, let's put it that way.
0: That is, that's certainly true. He would avoid <laughs> having to definitely play both of them. But he...
1: Um, as far as his game, it's hard to tell. This is, a, this is a friendlier surface for him than the French Open will be. He's won in Madrid before. He was a couple points from losing to, um, you know, pretty close to losing to Raonic and pretty close to losing to Burdish too, but, but winning those pressure matches will help him. I guess it's a matter he, of the pattern seems to be he plays well leading into the Grand Slams, makes you think he's going to, this is the time he's going to break through at a Grand Slam and then he doesn't quite do it. I don't know if the French is, is even what he's aiming for as what he wants to win. He said Wimbledon in the Olympics, so maybe this is a slower buildup for him, it's just a matter now of him doing it at a grand slam because there's been a couple of times when we've thought, you know, the Australian Open, I think most people thought he was going to win the semifinal, his semifinal against over Nadal, and he didn't. Um, so now it, it's sort of, now it's sort of, he's in that same position again.
0: It is, this, it is a thing with, um, I think, to think of a couple of years back with Federer where he was really kind of. Um, the results at the at the masters almost didn't portend much for his play at the slams and this is you know still always getting to the pretty, basically the end of the slams there so it, it is kind of a little bit reverse he's really um, done so well w- with these lead up events here and this is another big one like indian wells um, going into rome here i just wondering what you thought about how what kind of turnaround um, if this is a particularly tough one, even more so than maybe the other back-to-back Masters events we see um, during the year, because of what happened with the surface um, controversy, um, clearly it, it's a it's a different brand of clay going from what Madrid had into what we know uh, Rome has. So I wonder what you think about this from before. You know, I think we're going to get into the players a little more. Um, you'll have a preview coming up today and later in the week, but um, just talk about maybe. Just just the, the overall turnaround going from blue to red here.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, you know, I don't think it's tougher necessarily um, because it's the same surface for everybody, same change for everybody. Um, you know, the Cincinnati and Canada is always a tough turnaround, Indian Wells and Keep game, those are the same surfaces, and this is different, but it's not like it's the same change for anyone. Djokovic came through and won. Both of them last year and Nadal made the finals of both last year, so it didn't seem like that affected them We'll see um, we'll see I know, I know Nadal took a lot a lot of time extra time to get used to the try to get used to the blue clay. He, he went there early and now he'll have to get unused to that. I don't, you know I don't think that's going to be a, a big problem for those guys.
0: All right like I said, Steve's Rome preview will be up later today on the website. make sure to check that out. And uh, for Steve Tigner, I'm Ed McGrogan. Thanks for listening to Tennis.com Podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.